Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Peter Raises Dorcas, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, our old website is closed. Our new website link is typed as a single long word. The current link is https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g when you reach our new home page simply modify your bookmark or make a new one whichever works best for you enjoy and may god bless you all our last episode was peter raises dorcas part 1 hosted on march 5th we started to examine the life death and resurrection of a woman named in Syriac Tabitha and in Greek Dorcas. We noticed that she was well known for her good deeds and acts of charity. We also noted that she performed these good deeds and acts of charity with faith. As good a person as she was, she still got sick and died. We learned that she lived in Joppa. This place was largely occupied by the Turkish and Arabian peoples. We also learned that the Christians are stated to be a population of about 600, consisting of Roman Catholics, Greeks, Maronites, and Armenians. That means the Christians were about 6.6% to 8.3% of the total population. Notice. Not even 10% of the population, regardless of total population. Today, that should tell us something about the odds we face in our witness. As we will see in today's study, these kinds of odds are really meaningless when the Peters of our world step up to the plate and do God's calling. To find out more, Listen to our previous episode titled, Peter Raises Dorcas, Part 1. This week, our study is titled, Peter Raises Dorcas, Part 2. We see something extraordinary in Scripture as we continue to read and study. Our Scripture continues, So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they brought him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, crying and showering him with the tunics and other clothes Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all outside, knelt down, and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her get up. Then he called the saints and widows and presented her alive. 
This became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. So Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a man named Simon, a tanner. From the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 39 through 43. Last week we learned that Peter had been sent for by two men who went and summoned him to come to Joppa. We just read that in response, Peter leaves immediately. We then read further in verse 39. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they brought him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, crying and showing him the tunics and other clothing Dorcas used to make while she was with them. In this verse, there is something very important for us to notice. All the widows whom Dorcas had benefited by her kindness, they had a benefactress, and it was natural that they should recall her kindness and express their gratitude by enumerating the proofs of her beneficence. Each one would therefore naturally dwell on the kindness which had been shown to herself. From Barnes New Testament Notes We need to notice why the death of Dorcas is significant because there is a fair amount of grieving. Why do we grieve a person's death? Even today, there are some funerals attended by only a handful of people, close family, and sometimes close friends as well, sometimes at the request of the family and other times because that is all there is who felt compelled to attend, or who actually knew the person who died. Other funerals have a large number of mourners. Why is that? To answer that question, look at how those who knew Dorcas mourned. Dorcas obviously did more than simply sell her tunics and other clothing. Notice how this commentary passage opened. And all the widows whom Dorcas had benefited by her kindness. Dorcas extended her kindness. It is not said just how she did that, but it is safe to assume that she may well have sold her products based on what a person could afford and not based solely in what they were worth. It is also possible that she donated some of her goods to those in need. Again, our Bibles do not tell us this, but it is a safe assumption that could be better supported by examining biblical history on this subject. At the very least, let us see if this assumption is supported in commentary. Showing the coats and garments, the outer and inner garments. This, it appears, she had made for the poor, and more particularly for poor widows, in whose behalf she had incessantly labored. From Adam Clark's Commentary and Critical Notes on the Bible. Persons who are very benevolent and useful in life will be affectionately remembered and greatly lamented in death, and all their works performed from love to God and to men will meet a gracious and abundant reward. 
from Family Bible Notes from the Nazarene Users Group. Full of good works and alms deeds, eminent for the activities and generosities of the Christian character. From Robert Jameson, A.R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. These three commentators support my previous assumption. They also give us more than my assumption. Let us put these three commentary passages together to tell better what is going on here. These, it appears, she had made for the poor, and more particularly for poor widows, in whose behalf she had incessantly labored. Persons who are very benevolent and useful in life will be affectionately remembered and generally lamented in death. All their works performed from love to God and to men will meet a gracious and abundant reward, eminent for the activities and generosities of the Christian character. This should be said of any child of God, male or female, either historically or currently. We need to also note the usage of the word men. It means all mankind, men and women. Now, looking deeper, all their works performed from love to God and to men will meet a gracious and abundant reward. How many Christian brothers and sisters today can that be said of them? Do you do acts of kindness like Dorcas did, or are they acts of appearance and convenience for looks? Such acts done with minimal or no sacrifice on your part. Just acts to look good in front of others so you can say, Look at me, I am doing God's work. This clearly was not the thinking or attitude of Dorcas. She had a genuine care for the people she served with her efforts. She clearly served people who could not pay for her work. She served them by giving the products of her hard work away at no cost to the recipient. She did not allow money to stand in the way of people getting what they needed. It can only be suspected that Dorcas had other work to provide her with money. If that suspicion is true, then Dorcas made good use of her free time. Today, we all work for a living no matter where we live unless we are independently wealthy. Despite that, we all have free time. What do you do with your free time? Do you satisfy yourself, or do you do for others that need help? At the very least, do you give money to any of the many organizations around the world that help others? At the time of this podcast, we all know that there is a significant need in Ukraine. There are plenty of organizations providing the required help that depend on the donations of people. For many people not tithing at all, here is a good place to put that tithe. There are also plenty of other worthy causes that one 
could put a tithe that is just sitting in your pocket. Scripture continues, But Peter sent them all outside, knelt down, and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Notice what Peter did. He cleared the upper room, knelt down, and prayed. The exact words of Peter's prayer are not known. Why? Notice what Peter did next. Now he turns to the body and says, Tabitha, get up. Only after Peter prays, Peter then speaks directly to the lifeless body of Tabitha, Dorcas. Then, and only then, does she come to life by opening her eyes and sitting up and seeing Peter. Peter obviously prayed something. What he prayed can only be assumed since no comments are made about what he actually prayed. We should also note, for it is very important to note, that he stops praying and then speaks directly to her lifeless body by saying, Tabitha, get up. As we already noted, at that moment, she sits up. Notice further, Peter helps Tabitha, Dorcas, to her feet by reaching out his hand to her to help her up. Does this seem similar? Remember, Peter also offered his hand to the lame man at the gate beautiful to help him to his feet. Can it be that offering a hand to a lame person or a dead person brought to life is an act of faith on the one who prayed? Do we simply pray and offer nothing but expectancy? How frequently is that expectancy unrewarded and the failure blamed on the person prayed for? In my part of the world, it is very frequently the case. After all, how can a dead person exhibit faith? It almost seems as a seal of our faith that we offer help to the one healed. Let us see if we can get some answers. See a similar case in Matthew chapter 9, verse 25. Why this was done is not said, perhaps because he did not wish to appear as if seeking publicity. If done in the presence of many persons, it might seem like ostentation. Others suppose it was that he might offer more fervent and agonizing prayer to God than he would be willing they should witness. Compare Second Kings chapter 4, verse 23, from Barnes' New Testament Notes. Our first reference verse is Matthew chapter 9, verse 25, which reads, in context, Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. But a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for twelve years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. For she kept saying to herself, If only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. 
But when Jesus turned and saw her, he said, Have courage, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed from that hour. When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the disorderly crowd, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but asleep. And they began making fun of him. But when the crowd had been put aside, he went in and gently took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the news of this spread throughout that region. Notice what Jesus did. Peter must have learned this from him. Peter, like Jesus, also put the crowd outside so that he was alone with Tabitha, Dorcas. At this point, Peter prays to God and then calls Tabitha, Dorcas, to life. Jesus, being God, simply takes this dead lady by her hand and she gets up. It must be quite clear that Peter learned the raising of the dead from Jesus. However, on the human plane of existence, we must pray for God to heal a person before calling them to life. We can also note in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 33, that Elijah also goes into a room by himself, closes the door, and prays for a boy to be healed, and he is. 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 25 through 37 is the full story. Our cross-reference verse is as already noted, 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 33. Clearly, it is easy to see here that what Peter is doing is not new. Between the days noted in 2 Kings and the days of Peter, there is a passage of several hundred years. The timeline here is, the books of First and Second Kings was written in 561 through 538 B.C. The book of Acts was written in 62 A.D. Writing dates provided by BibleGateway.com. That means, with a completion date of Second Kings being 538 B.C. and the book of Acts completed in 62 A.D., there are a total of 600 years. That means, at the very least, an assumed time period between our Second Kings reference and what Peter was actually doing in our text of, as we mentioned, six hundred years later. So, for Peter, this was not a new thing except to him who grew up never being able to heal someone until endowed by the Holy Spirit, also following his teachings of Jesus. We should remember this passage from the book of Acts, chapter 2. But Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice and addressed them. You men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, know this and listen carefully to what I say. 
in spite of what you think, these men are not drunk, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken about through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it will be, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all people, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And I will perform wonders in the sky above, and miraculous signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will be changed to darkness, and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. From the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 14 through 21. The first eight words of verse 17 are required for us to be alert to. They read, And in the last days it will be. This is clearly prophecy pointing to the days we live in if indeed we are closing in or we are actually living in the last days. For clarity, Joel says, After all of this, I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your elderly will have revelatory dreams. Your young men will see prophetic visions. Even on male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will produce portents both in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. The sunlight will be turned to darkness and the moon to the color of blood before the day of the Lord comes, that great and terrible day. It will so happen that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be those who survive just as the Lord has promised. The remnant will be those whom the Lord will call. From Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. There you have the original verbiage spoken first by Joel and reiterated by Peter in the book of Acts. Notice how Joel speaks this prophecy in a very male-oriented society as these societies were in those days. This prophecy in those days speaks of much freer women in the latter days or last days which are our present days, most likely. Now, after Dorcas was raised to life, we read, He gave her his hand and helped her get up. Then he called the saints and widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout all Joppa, 
and many believed in the Lord. So Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a man named Simon, a tanner. From the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 41 through 43. As Christ did the widow's son of Nahum to her, and which no doubt was a matter of great joy as well as astonishment to all the saints, and especially to the poor widows, the report of such a miracle and wrought upon a person of note was soon spread all over the place, which was very large, for it was a city, as it is called, and it had as Josephus says, villages and little towns or cities around about it, all which might go by the name of Joppa, and throughout which the fame of this miracle might pass. And many believed in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus Christ, whom Peter preached, and the saints in Joppa professed, and in whose name and by whose power this miracle was done. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. One really has to wonder why we do not see such miracles today. Have the gifts of the Holy Spirit disappeared? The answer to that question, for those who need to ask it, is no. Have we become more preoccupied by the things in life that such a thing no longer interests us? Television, the internet, social media, to name a few, have captivated many people here in my country. So much so, it is newsworthy at times. Do we expect medicine to do the works of God so we can be busy with other things important to us? Next week, we will examine our study titled the Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit. This is an interesting passage. It speaks of anyone not being Jewish, a Gentile, receiving the same privileges as the born-again Jews had received. Join us next week to learn more. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us 
and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at our new address, https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot org. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphen in unchurched. Our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website has more information, links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.